This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Are you all excited to be here tonight? I'm excited to be here tonight. I feel like I'm part of this church. Well, I am, but I feel like I'm, I'm actually running this church tonight. It feels pretty weird, but it's really great to be here with you all. And thank you for sending all the questions, those of you that have sent questions. And I have a great panel tonight, and I want to introduce to you uh, Pastor Jenny. Would you put your hands together and give her a big God bless you? And then Pastor Horsey, all right? And they're going to join us on this panel tonight. And uh, it's kind of, I'm excited. How about you? Are you feeling excited as well? I'm excited. We've got some great questions. Yeah, we do. And Pastor Horsey, you ready? I'm ready. Very excited. I, I see you on that seat and you're rearing to go. Absolutely. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, for those of you that haven't been here this morning, we were talking a little bit about love. It is the month of love, of course. And we were talking about the importance of agape love and how it is that everything in life is really built on uh, the God kind of a love and how this love infuses every other kind of love. Let me just see by way of hands here tonight. How many of you are married? You're married. How many of you are married? All right, that's wonderful. Put your hands down. How many of you are in a relationship right now, whether you are engaged uh, or not, but you are in a steady, ongoing relationship. Some of you are not sure, looking at the other part now. Okay, okay. And uh, so how many singles do we have here tonight? A whole lot of singles? Whoa, okay, I feel, I feel the anointing on that. All right. So, hey guys, I want you to understand this is not just about marriages. It's not just about, you know, me going out with a girl or you going out with a guy, whatever it is, but this is about relationships in general. And, and, and how many of you know that actually we were designed, Pastor Jenny, Pastor Horsey, we were designed by God to do life together. Isn't that amazing? So you're not an island on your own, uh, and, and, and you, you need the other person, and the other person needs you. Would you look at somebody and tell them, I need you and you need me? Mm. Okay. So that's actually the beginning of relationships, actually. And we want to have great relationships, not just in marriages, guys. Not just, you know, going out, boys and, uh, boys and girls, <laughs> girlfriends and boyfriends. But also in our work environments and uh, also amongst families. We want to have great relationships, you know. And that's very, very, very important. So tonight we've had, we asked you to send in the questions. And they've been coming in fast and furiously. Um, and so here is our first question, all right? There it is on the screen. Hi, my request for tonight's question and answer session is to get better clarity on my situation mm -hmm, with my husband and his family. We have been married for 10 years, and my husband still prioritizes my outlaws. Uh, sorry, I, I read that wrong. In-laws first. Okay, let's just get that right, all right? Uh, when I ask questions for better clarity, he says that, uh, that it is his family, and what happens there is none of my business, though it directly affects us. Whoa, okay, we heard, we heard the audience there remark. Anybody want to shed some light on this, Pastor Jenny, perhaps? You know, I think we always have to go back to the Word of God, right? And, and the Word of God clearly says that, you know, that we are to leave our mother and father and cleave to our spouse. And that's really what God requires of us. So I think, Pastor John, if we 
and then you've got to have two. And two is better than one. And if you've had two, you've got to go to three, because three is better than two. And if you've had three, you've got to go to four, because four is better than three, so on and so forth. But two is better than one. There is nothing more powerful than a husband and wife coming in agreement. So here's what I say. You know, I, I'm transparent with my wife, Joy. I don't have a second cell phone, by the way. That's right. That's right. Teach it. Can I, can I say that again? Guys, I don't have a second cell phone for the other numbers that I don't want my wife to have a look at. All right? And she can come anytime, look at my internet, look at what I'm Googling, look at my phone, and do whatever. Because there's transparency. Why do I want that? Because I want us to be in agreement, Pastor Jenny. In actual fact, if I could say this, Pastor John, is that really the strongest agreement that you would ever have is between a husband and wife because you are the only two that are joint spirit, soul, and body. That is the strongest prayer of agreement that you will ever have. Absolutely. Because there's total, total oneness between a husband and yeah. wife. So my advice is, husband, come on, man. Get on the plan with this, man. Get, get, on, the, get on the road with this. Come on board. Get your wife into, into agreement. I'm not, we're not saying to disrespect your parents and to dishonor them and if you can help them and you don't want to help them. I'm not talking about that. But you cannot put them above your marriage. And if you and your wife are in agreement, man, I tell you what, there's nothing that you won't be able to do. Absolutely. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, here's the second question coming up. Good afternoon. My question about relationships is, should a Christian woman stay married to an abusive non God-fearing man who is attending church almost every Sunday despite attending several marriage counseling sessions and deliverance? Mm. Okay, that's a quite, a quite a loaded question there. I don't know if I'm reading in between the lines there. Should a Christian woman stay married? Well, we're certainly not telling you to get divorced, okay? So if you're looking for the outward, the, the exit there, we're not telling you to get divorced. But let's look at this a little bit. Abusive husband, okay? I, my firm conviction in what the Bible teaches is that we should respect each other as human beings. It doesn't matter who's the weaker vessel and who's not the weaker vessel, but we should respect each other. I remember when I got married to Joy in the first couple of years, of our marriage, we, we had a couple of challenges, and we and challenges come, you know, there are differences and all kinds of stuff, and I found that instead of dealing with the problems, I was actually starting to, you know, attack her. Instead of dealing with the problem, I would attack her, and in a way, that was abusive. It was actually, even though it wasn't verbal abuse, even though it wasn't physical abuse, but actually, I was attacking her, and almost like blaming her for the problems that we were in. And the Lord showed me. He said, you know, it's like you are taking a gun and you are shooting a bullet. And that bullet is ricocheting and bouncing off a wall and coming back and striking you in your body. By your very actions, the way that you are dealing with your wife, you are not only hurting her, but you are hurting you. So, so first of all, we need to honor and respect uh, one another as human beings and I can tell you right now that if you come and sit with me and you're telling me that you that your husband is abusing you I'm going to tell you right off the top go to the police station and report him because that is what the authorities are there for 
your husband. Nobody has a right to verbally abuse you, physically abuse you. Nobody has a right to do that. And the authorities are there, instituted by God. God put the police in, in place. And the authorities are there in place, right? Um, my, my mom-in-law, Sister Nell, would say, you know what? Um, she said, uh, murder, uh, <laughs> a divorce, never. Divorce, never. Murder, a thousand times. A thousand times. The one time we were sitting and counseling a couple, and she said, you're lucky that I'm not going to bash your knees in and, and break your kneecaps. And I was like, whoa, okay. But anyways, ladies, that's what the authorities are here for. And sometimes men need to, to know, hey, hey, hang on a bit here. There's a consequence to my action. And the consequences the authorities know and, and, and so on and so forth. So my first port of call here would be, you know, uh, go to the authorities and lay a charge because it's not right what he's doing. And he needs to know that there's a consequence to his actions. Here's the thing uh, for me, uh, Pastor John. Um, we don't have all the details, obviously, the kind of abuse that right. the lady is suffering. However, to me, everything revolves around love. Mm. And this is what I always say to my wife, that I will never go out, of my, go out of my way to hurt you. So if I said something to you that you feel that I'm being abusive or not, it was not intentional because I love you too much. So when I uh, listen to uh, things like this, I always wonder, where is love in this? Mm. Where is love? Where is God in this? Absolutely. And, and there it says as well, look, he's non-God-fearing. Non I know that it takes two to tango. Now, let's just go to the other side of the coin as well. You know, sometimes a person responds like that and comes across aggressively because sometimes he's fed that. So let me just say, it does take two to tango. And what we're saying here is very subjective. We don't know the whole ins and outs, okay? So maybe you as a wife are actually... You know, you're fueling him to respond in this way. I don't know. The fact that you're saying he's non-God-fearing, yet he comes to church, you know, that's, that's hard to say something like that unless you're in the place of God yourself. So I would say, you know what, um, you, you, you have to work it out. We say never divorce. Do you know that the Bible says in Malachi that God not only hates divorce, in Malachi 2 and 16, in the Amplified Bible, look at what it says there. For the Lord, the God of Israel says, I hate divorce and marital separation and him who covers his garment, his wife, with violence. So in other words, God actually hates it when you are violent with your wife. You're, you're not favored by God. You cannot expect the heavens to be open and God pouring you his blessing if you are violent and abusive with your wife. But it does take two to tango. And so... Uh, you know, I would recommend keep on counseling. First of all, report them to the authority and say, this is what I'm going to do. If you're going to be abusive with me and do X, Y, and Z, I'm, I'm going to go to the authorities and, 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 and pray and see where the Lord takes you from there. Absolutely. We never recommend uh, divorce, never, ever. They might need some down if, if the thing doesn't get better for you to be separated for a while, maybe for your safety, but ultimately... Um, you know, God gives us the wisdom on that. God gives us the wisdom. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's have a look at our a third, uh, a third question here. Good afternoon. Tonight I wanted to ask, 
if you marry traditionally, labola negotiations and exchanging of gifts, all right, uh, does it mean that you can now relax and settle as a married couple, or do you have to get married by a pastor and blessed to be said you are married as a Christian? All right, this is a very, very, very interesting one. Amen. It Would is you like very to start interesting, with that, Pastor well, It's very interesting, Pastor John. We, we get this a lot uh, when we uh, do marital, premarital counseling. Uh, where people come forward and come and tell us that, look, we, we made it traditionally, but um, after attending the biblical principles for marriage, we understand now that there was just no God in our marriage when we got married traditionally, but we now wanting you, pastor, to come and bless us, bring the spiritual part into our marriage, and we will be fulfilled. Mm. It's just amazing, but... Um, to answer that question, you cannot just relax after you have gotten married traditionally if the spiritual part was not covered. Mm, absolutely. I always like to bring it in from this perspective of what 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says. And it says this. It says, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a brand new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, you're either born again or you're not. And it doesn't matter what culture you're in, right? You can be a Greek culture, you can be a New Zealand culture, Maori culture, a Zulu culture, Kosa culture, like yourself, Swana culture. Every and any culture, as a Christian, you have now kingdom culture, and you bring that culture through the cross. Whatever you cannot bring through the cross, you leave it on that side. And you, there has to be a heartfelt conviction on the inside of you now that you are born again and you're serving God with a heartfelt conviction that actually I want to do this the right way. So there's nothing wrong with doing all the cultural bits and pieces. But as long as you can bring all of that through the cross and it ties in with your conviction in your heart and it lines up with what the Bible says and what you believe to be true. And it's not like we don't want to disrespect moms and dads. We want to honor dads. I think as married couples, they want the blessing of mom and dad. They want the favor of mom and dad. They want mom and dad to be there and to smile on them. And sometimes, though, there is this dilemma, you know, that how far do we bring in the tradition and all of that. Um, you know, here's the thing I've learned about a marriage. It, and, and I tell people when they come to me, they say, we want to get married. Pastor, I say, fine. All right, so what do we do? I look at them and say, well, how do you want to do it? And they look at me with these blank eyes. I don't know, you tell us, Pastor. I say, no, it's your day. If you want to come in on elephants on that day, you can do it. It's your day. I did a wedding once where actually the whole thing was reversed. The woman was waiting and the groom kept us waiting for about, she was there in the front. The groom came about three hours late. He Amazing. came down the doors. Everybody, and, and when I asked them, why do they want to do that? They said, well, that's a type of the church, the church waiting for the second coming of Christ. Praise the Lord. So really a marriage and this thing about a white wedding, I don't know what that is all about. There's no such thing as a white, actually the, the white wedding dress only came, I was told, in the days of Queen Victoria. But that doesn't make your marriage anything. That doesn't make your marriage blessed. It's, your, it's the heartfelt conviction on the inside of it. And here's what I learned. 
But when you, you bring love to the table, God brings the ordinance of marriage to that wedding, Amen. to that union. And then down on earth, down on earth, you are exchanging vows. Before the congregation, before heaven, you are expressing your I wills or I do. And in heaven, there is an echo of God saying, I place my I will on those I wills. And that's what you really want. That's what you really want. So I, I, I tell the folks, bring it through the cross. Do whatever you can. Culture is good. I mean, I'm an Italian, so we love eating pasta, although I don't know because I'm on the keto diet. But I, I would bring it through the cross. There's no problem in doing stuff like that, you know. Bring in the culture. And, but at the end of the day, you know, you've got to go with your heartfelt conviction. That's it. Amen. Would you like to say anything Amen. else? Have we covered that? Well, I think, you know, there's quite a lot, obviously, with the whole thing. There is. Negotiations and the family and all the rest of it. And I do think that, obviously, you know, it is something that's covered extensively on the course as well. And that course um, is tomorrow? It starts tomorrow What night. time is it? it I might come seven. to it. Come, <laughs> come, Pastor John. Seven okay. o'clock it starts. All right. Okay. Do we have one more question? Yeah, I know that our time is flying away with us. Question number four. My question is about divorce or separation. I'm experiencing severe difficulties involving emotional abuse. I'm convinced that the devil is oppressing my husband and causing him to emotionally abuse me. Do I now stand in prayer or is it okay if I pray from a distance? Um, from a distance. You know that song, I think. I don't know. I just heard that song. I feel that I struggle to cope uh, with the situation, I imagine. I, 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 I feel that I struggle to cope. Okay. Would you like to answer this, Pastor Jenny? I, I think it kind of borders on the yeah. previous one that mm. if there is abuse, and again, what kind of abuse is it that we go to the authorities? You see, when we say emotional abuse, I mean, that could be pretty much anything. It could be simply that my husband is not affirming me. It's just that he doesn't build me up, that he's not paying attention to me, that he's making me feel isolated. And maybe yeah. he just needs some help in that area. Mm. That's the first thing. The other thing is, is that if it is something that's damaging, mm. where you really have a, a husband who's tearing his wife down, making her feel really breaking her, her self-image to the point that she has no confidence yeah. in who she is, then it becomes a lot more serious. And that, Pastor John, is where I think they really need to have counseling because that whole thing needs to be resolved. There mm. is a way that a husband is meant to treat his wife. as Absolutely. Christ, I mean, the Bible's very clear. As Christ treats the church, loves the church. Yeah. My goodness, if, if a husband has to measure himself against the way that Christ treats the church and that yeah. is how he loves his wife, Absolutely. that's a tall order. But I know it's all, it's been a lot about the husbands, husbands, husbands. But let me tell you, there's a lot of women that are abusing the husbands as well. And the husband said, Amen. Okay, so I think it really boils down to as well is communication. Communication. It's really, it's so vital in a marriage. Sometimes we just assume and we, we think it's mental telepathy or whatever it is. But you have to communicate. And I don't, I don't know if she's communicated to him and, and, and said to him, look, when you do this, this is how you make me feel. I don't feel so good. Communication is part of that. Yes. It's part of that, you know. Um, yeah, anything you want to say? Again, Pastor? on communication, I mean, uh, that's important because for them to 
um, avail themselves for counseling, it needs to start right there. They need to communicate and uh, tell each other that uh, I think the wife needs to tell the husband that I think we have reached a point where we have to approach the church. We need help. They yeah. need to agree yeah. on that, that they need help. If they want exactly. to save their marriage, yeah. they need to agree yeah. to come forward so that they can receive that help. Now, let me just throw something in. I'm not saying that this is the case in this situation, but I found it the case in my, uh, the situation in my case, that uh, more often than not, it's almost like you got the problem. My spouse has got the problem. I don't have the problem. My spouse has got the problem. And I remember when Joy and I were having some difficulties, I was praying, you know, and I was saying, oh, Lord, you know, Joy, you need to do this, Lord. And you need to change this, Lord. And you know, and you know the other day when she said that, God, that's not nice, you know. And, and I was going on and on. And, 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 and then suddenly it was like as if I was all alone by myself. The presence of God had lifted. And the picture that I got was like God with his hands folded and tapping his foot on the ground and saying, have you quite finished? Because actually, I would like to start with you, and we're going to be here quite a while because there's quite a list that I need to get through in your life. And I'm saying that because sometimes, you know, we're all, it's, it's them, it's them, it's them, but sometimes actually it could be you as well. See, it takes two to tango, and I'm, I'm sorry that I have to say that. It does take two to tango. And I think that, you know, if you are having difficulties in your marriage, sometimes it's good to say, God, is it me? Check my heart. Change me. Do whatever you got to do. There's two words that I think every couple ought to wear around their neck, and they need to vocalize that maybe every five minutes. I don't know. You know what those two words are? I'm sorry. Those two words. Because I've seen it where we, we're in love. And, and, I, and I don't know this concept. Maybe you can help me. I don't know this concept. I've passed, I fell in love, and then I fell out of love. Oh like what? I don't, what? You, you fell in love, and now you fell out of love? There's no such thing. That's in La La Land. That's in Hollywood. Love is a choice. Whether you feel like it or not, you don't fall in love. You know, love is a choice. And I remember, and here's, I want to say something else. We might not get to this next question, but for example, those of you that are dating and you're, you're going with a girl or a guy and you're involved, okay, can I please emphatically say that if you have marriage in the near horizon, in other words, you are planning to get married, then pursue that relationship. But if there is no intent to get married, why would you want to, do that to yourself and fuel your passions and come to a dead end. So here's my advice to all the girls and guys out there. For sure, take out a girl this week and next week go somewhere with somebody else. Get to know them. Uh, uh, listen, it takes a long time. You see this species here, woman? When the Bible says, behold, I show you a mystery. I clearly believe with all my heart that it's talking about woman. Because <laughs> I think men are quite simple. You know, I think, I think it's Very quite, but the woman, yo, they can chew and walk and clap their hands and dance and do a thousand things all at the same time. Not so with a man. So guys, when you are going out with girls, get to know them, get to know how they think and all of that. If you have no intentions of getting married, what are you doing going out with somebody? 
Why would you do that to yourself? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So how would you end this off by saying, uh, what would be your advice? I would definitely say that, um, you know, I mean, she's saying, shall I pray from a distance? It sounds like, you know, can I leave him and that's okay. I'm thinking, no, if you want to, rather bring him in. As Pastor Foxy said, the church is here to help. Get involved with freedom groups. What is the next step? Contact somebody and make sure that you receive help. That would be my And here's the thing that I want to just say again. Agape love is the God kind of love. And if you have tasted of that love and it has become an experience in your heart, then you can give out that love. That's the basis. I said this morning that agape love, the God kind of love, is the building blocks for everything in life. It truly is. It truly is. But it takes you having an encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Every, you know, every dispute in marriages and problems in relationships is usually as a result of pride and then arrogance and I'm right and you want to be vindicated and you want to be justified. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who's right and wrong. At the end of the day, it has to do with the posture of your heart. It has to do, Christianity is about union, And then communion. And out of that communion comes the ability to love and forgive. And right now, as we're speaking, I just sense in my heart, there are many of you perhaps that maybe, I don't know how how it is. And I don't know how marriages survive. In fact, they don't survive without Christ. The Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. A threefold cord. You say, well, who are the cords? Well, the cord is, the one cord is the husband, the other is the wife, and then the other cord is the, is the Lord. Right. Three cords that are Amen. stranded together. That is the basis of a marriage. That is the basis of anything in life, right? And tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in this place and you've come and we've tried to field as many questions as possible, but I feel it appropriate right now to just... For those of you that are away from God, you say, but pastor, I was let down. I was hurt in this, this, in this relationship and, and she did X, Y, Z and he did blah, blah, blah and so on and so forth. And perhaps we could write books and volumes and all the problems and all the hurts and all of that, all of that. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and took our place. And all of our weaknesses, all of our failures, all of our inconsistencies were placed upon him. And so he was crucified on that tree, then placed in a tomb. And everybody thought that it was over. Everybody thought that they had killed the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Christ. But three days later, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Jesus was raised back to life. And in doing so, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He broke the power and dominion of sin. 99.999% of any problem, of any dispute, of any whatever heartache is as a result of us turning our backs on God. But today, I want to give you the opportunity, whoever you are, maybe you're away from God and you've come here tonight. And I know that we could only answer certain questions, but you're away from God tonight and you have no peace. I want to invite you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. 
I want to invite you tonight to pray this prayer with me. You say, well, I, I just don't feel I'm holy enough. You, you never will. Jesus qualified you. You have already been pre-qualified through the cross, through the blood of Jesus. And this is a gift that God wants to give you. It's not based on how many hallelujahs you can say or how good you can do or how, how, whatever. It's, it's just, it's the grace of God, the mercy of God that comes to you tonight. It's the love of God that comes to you tonight. And God wants to heal that marriage. He wants to heal that business. He wants to heal those relationships in families. But He first wants to heal your heart. He first wants to put you back in union and communion with Him. And so those of you tonight that say, Pastor, I'm away from God. For whatever reason, you have no peace. And you know that you've messed up. God knows everything about you. It's not like God is in the dark. He knows everything about you. And still, He is coming towards you and saying, I'm here for you. I want you. I love you. I'm ready to receive you. I'm ready to embrace you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, you're in this place. You say, Pastor John, that's me. You're talking to me. Would you pray for me? I would be honored to. All right. You ready? Here we go. One, two, get ready. Three, lift your hand up high. Wherever you are in this place, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for those hands. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. I see that hand. Anybody else right now? Put your hand up. You're opening your heart. You're giving your life to Him. Wonderful. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray this prayer. I'd like to lead you all. Would you say, would you help those this evening pray this prayer? Say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in Jesus' name. Just as I am, I come to you. I give you my heart, my life, my body, my everything. And I thank you for your amazing love. Tonight, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. Right this very moment, I declare that I'm a child of God. With my heart, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I will never, ever be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give those people a round of applause. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com